0: Welcome to In Your Own Words Podcast. I'm your host Chris Thickpen, recording in Byron, Mississippi, bringing you firsthand success stories from the past to the present. My goal is to interview as many head football coaches, assistant coaches, teachers, administrators, current students, and others who impact high school sports in Mississippi. Grab a drink, sit back, listen, and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of In Your Own Words podcast. I'm Chris Stickpin, and today I have a very special guest joining me. Currently, he is the new head football coach and athletic director at North Panola High School. The last football season, he was offensive coordinator at Starkville High School, and prior to that position, he held the same position at Louisville High School. and win the Class 3A state championship in 2018. As a first-time head coach at Hazelhurst High School, his coaching record in three years was 43 and 4, winning the Class 3A state championship in 2012. In 2014, he became the head football coach at Columbus High School and led them to host the only home playoff game for the second time in school history in his second season. So much to talk about, and maybe not enough to time, but I would like to introduce. Coach Randall Montgomery to the podcast. Coach, welcome and thanks for joining.
1: Absolutely, man. I really appreciate you reaching out to me and thank you for this opportunity.
0: No doubt, Coach. So, Coach, um, you were able maybe to get a a head start on some of the maybe new head coaches for 2020 because you um, started at North Panola in January. What were some of the things
1: maybe you were able to get done as a head coach and maybe athletic director? Well, I mean, you know, for the most part, it was just a able opportunity to just to kind of get in there and just kind of start meeting uh, some of the players, um, which was the main part. And, and now more so than anything with, with you know, the coronavirus going around, uh, I was able to kind of get a head start on getting to know some of those guys and, and kind of give me an advantage over, the, over some other guys who might have just taken a, a head job who hadn't necessarily had the opportunity to meet their players. So for me, it was an opportunity to kind of get in there and meet some of the core guys Um, start kind of talking about some of the things that we're going to do and start kind of growing as a team. No doubt, coach. So coach, um, are are you able or
0: were you able to maybe uh, fill your coaching staff out?
1: Yeah, actually, I have. I actually just uh, finished the last piece of the uh, actual coaching staff uh, just the other day. So uh, hopefully we're, we're good to go. Hopefully everybody's set. Uh, everybody's been board approved uh, almost almost to the point to be, of being board approved. So uh, hopefully we're set and ready to go. Okay. So, Coach, how many coaches will you have on
0: your staff whenever we, we have a football season again?
1: Uh, it'll be five of us. Uh, I'm actually looking to hire one more possibly. I actually had a talk with, talk with an individual today about possibly coming on board. So hopefully it'll be six of us. But if, if not, uh, it'll be five of us. Okay, so coach, ideally, um, is is that a good number you would like to have on a three A 3A size staff? Maybe. Yeah, for a three A, for a smaller three A school, I think that's an ideal number for staff because at at the end of the day, um, you know, most of your players are going to be, uh, most of your really good players going to be playing both ways. So you gonna have to run a, a split practice where pretty much every player has an offensive and defensive position. So. It's not like you can just uh, turn the players loose to their position coach and each coach has their position kind of like in maybe larger classification. Uh, most of our guys are going to play both sides of the ball. So we'll kind of do a split practice where we'll have, a, you know, 15, 20 minutes where we focus on offensive fundamentals and another 15, 20 minutes where we focus on defensive fundamentals. So every coach is going to basically coach two positions.
0: Okay, okay. And, Coach, you've been at a, a smaller 3 A. uh school before um in Hazelhurst
1: was was that something maybe you did there that worked really well oh absolutely absolutely I mean just for example you know our wide receivers coach he coached coach DB so um you know like like I said we're going to do the same some of the same things that we did there obviously we had some success there while we were there the three years that we were there so um you know if it's not broke don't fix it and I think that's going to be something that we're going to do at North Penola, and we look forward to it Okay. So, Coach, before,
0: uh, you know, the state and, and schools got closed uh, due to COVID-19, what were some of the things maybe as a head coach you were looking forward to finding out about your
1: team uh, this spring? Uh, man, I think for me, uh, more, more so than anything, man, I was really looking forward to to spring football practice. Uh, obviously, you know, coming in as a, as a new, new coach and bringing in a lot of new staff members. Um, you know, it, it was an opportunity for us to really just get in there and just see what the kids could do. Obviously, North Carolina has been a place over the last couple of years that it, has that played some really good football. Uh, you know, so for us, you know, we wanted to come in and kind of add our own spin to it. Uh, we're going to be installing an entire new offense. Some of the things that they did on defense is going to be pretty much the same because – Uh, I'm elevating the guy that coached defensive line last year. I'm elevating him to the defensive coordinator. So uh, the defensive side of the ball, a lot of the things are going to be familiar that the kids are going to be familiar with. But offensively, we were going to install an entire new system. So it was a major setback for us not being able to go through spring practice. Uh, And and, and more so than anything, the kids just missed the opportunity to kind of get accustomed to how we're going to do things and our expectations and, and what we're looking for. Uh, going forward. So, uh, the biggest thing for me, is, man, was just just really just missing spring football. No doubt about it. So, coach, um, you know,
0: since we weren't able to have uh, spring football, uh, were maybe you and your staff able to still maybe meet with your team through, uh, I, I guess, Zoom or any type of thing like that.
1: Well, and then that was that was one tough part about it. Also, is that you know a lot of a lot of our kids. One of my would say a lot of them, but some of our kids. Uh, after Christmas, uh, kind of went into the classroom, and, you know, we're on period schedules, so we only get our kids for 50 minutes that last period of the day. And so some of them went to – and that's one thing about being at a small school. You had some that was running track, some that was playing baseball, some that went to the gym. And then we had a, a handful of them that had to go back into a class uh, for seven period after football season. So we only really only had about 25 guys. So I really got to – only really got to meet about 25 of the guys. So I some of the guys that, that played on team last year, I've never even met them outside of the first initial team meeting that we had uh, where I just kind of addressed the entire team. So it's, this has been kind of difficult because I don't know a lot of them, so I haven't been able to really reach out to them. We didn't get an opportunity to kind of just uh, maybe create some kind of document where I had all their telephone numbers and email addresses and that sort of thing before we actually got um, – because nobody was anticipating not going back to school after spring break. So – uh, that's been difficult. Uh, we've got a team Facebook page, so I've been kind of communicating via the team Facebook page about some expectations and some things that we're trying to do going forward Um of so the communication that we've had. So, like I said, it's been difficult, but you know, there's a lot of people kind of playing with the same, you know, deck of cards, and we're going to make the best of it when we do get ready to get started next week. No doubt about it. Again, listeners, you're listening to In Your Own
0: Words podcast. I'm Chris Thickpin, and today my guest is North Panola High School head football coach and athletic director, Randall Montgomery. Uh, Coach, uh, speaking of next week, June 1st, uh, what are you anticipating maybe you and your staff talked about how you guys are going to maybe do uh, workouts when that time comes?
1: Uh, Well, you know, I mean, it's going to be different. Uh, You know, a lot of things that we would normally do we're not gonna be able to do this entire summer uh, which is going to be a little bit of a setback but again you know everybody's kind of playing with the same deck of cards and you know for us you know 707 and for me 707 has always been a big thing for me uh, because I just believe it you know instills in your kids the ability to uh, to compete uh, anytime we get opportunity to go out and compete at a high level we want to try to take advantage of that so we're not going to be able to do 707. Uh, it was going to be big for us this summer because, again, you know, we're installing a new offensive system. So that would have been an opportunity for us to go out and get quality reps as an offensive team. Uh, so we're going to miss that with 7-on-7. Uh, I think you're going to miss out on a little bit a little bit of your th- things that you would normally do as, as team building things uh, because you're going to have to stay so separated in terms of you know, having no more than 10 guys in the weight room or 10 guys you know, on the field and those sorts of things. So I think that you're going to have a little setback with that. Uh, But for us, man, we're not going to make any excuses. We're going to get in there and work. Uh, We're going to basically just divide our guys up and have them in different areas. Uh, We're going to have some guys in the stadium on one end, uh, on the game field on the other end. Uh, We've got an indoor facility there where we'll have some guys working out in the indoor facility, and then we'll have a group of guys in the weight room. So we're going to have four or five different areas to kind of work those guys each day. Uh, we're just gonna kind of work everything on a little rotation you know uh probably about 25 30 minute rotation to try to get everybody worked into a station and uh we're gonna do the best that we can with it no doubt about it coach and and when you would you
0: just mentioned maybe uh, splitting the guys and having uh different ends of your field and your stadium you know head coaches always like to call the group up at the end and and talk to the whole group. So I'm sure that's, that's going to be very different for a lot of teams and and coaches come June first.
1: Yeah, it will be, you know, like I said, you know, it's one of those things As coaches, man. We enjoy having our guys together. Uh, Like you said, we enjoy calling them up at the end and and talk to them, um, you know, kind of in practice each day. Uh, That's going to be different, not even having the opportunity to really just do that, so to speak. So, um, the entire summer is going to be different, uh, but we're going to make the best of it because at the end of the day, mid-August, the football is probably going to be kicked off, and we can't sit around all summer and make excuses for what we could do and what we couldn't do. Uh, we're going to get after the best way we can and try to try to be a better football team because of it.
0: No doubt about it, Coach. So, Coach,
1: what maybe um, ha- have the administrators
0: or your school district maybe uh, told the teachers or the faculty or, or students about – what the fall would possibly look like as far as a uh, school schedule. It is, are, are they anticipating full-blown uh, regular school or some type of hybrid school with distance learning and some kids still coming
1: to the school? I mean, quite honestly, I mean, that's the, that's the $100 million question right now for, for a lot of people. Um, there's been a lot of things that have been kind of thrown around. I don't think anybody's really just sitting in on one, one particular idea as to you know what we're going to do come, come fall. Um, you know, you've heard the idea of hybrid school. Uh, you've seen some of these guidelines that that they've come out with uh, in terms of, you know, spreading the desk out in the classroom to be six feet apart and all those things, and sanitizing and all that kind of stuff. Which all yeah. of those things are going to be very difficult. Um, right. I don't really, I don't really understand as a school teacher. Um, I don't really understand how they're going to expect those things to take place because some of those things are practically impossible. So. Uh, I don't really know right now, and I don't think anybody really knows. I mean, uh, I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see. Uh, but, you know, me, man, I'm I'm a day-by-day guy. Uh, I don't worry about things that I can't control, and that's something that I can't control, but I do know what I can control, and that's on June 1 how we get after it in that weight room. No doubt about it, Coach. So, Coach, you've been a head coach at three different
0: high schools. Um, will you maybe take the same approach, um, or are you taking the same approach at North Panola that you did at Hazelhurst and also Columbus High School?
1: Absolutely. I mean, not a whole lot is going to change. You know, our approach is going to be the same. Uh, the way we attack every day, you know, we, you know, my deal is, you know, I want to be a little bit better than I was yesterday. And that's going to be the same philosophy that we're going to use at North Panola, no different than at Columbus, no different at, than at Hazelhurst. You know, our expectations are going to be the same. Uh, we want to go out and compete at a high level. Uh, we're going to be disciplined on and off the field. I mean, I know that's coach speak, but – that's just some of the things that I live by. And those are some of the things that I've used and been successful with. So we're going to continue to do that. And hopefully that helps us win a few more ball games. Absolutely. So, coach, what maybe uh can you tell
0: the listeners about uh the district that you're playing in? Um
1: have you had a chance to maybe see some film from some of your opponents? Oh, uh, absolutely, man. That's that's one of the things that, you know, I guess this this whole Uh, quarantine has kind of been a blessing and a curse uh, because it's it's allowed us coaches to uh, myself personally to to really connect with a lot of coaches that I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to connect with, um, you know, in the past. I mean, I really, I just got off a two hour zoom session of just watching some guys uh, from different places, just talk about their offensive philosophy. Uh, Those are probably some guys that I never would have been able to kind of have that face-to-face interaction with because of that. So, those sorts 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 of things that kind of help me grow as a coach, uh, you know. And the main thing is just continuing to grow, uh, continue to make those connections, uh, and, to, to, and to continue to move forward. No doubt about it, coach. I, I, you yeah, know, I've
0: been doing this for ten years, and uh, you, you've you've been doing it for a little bit more than I have. Um, and, and like you said, man, being able to get on a Zoom with some of the guys that you may not even see in 10 years at, at, at a football
1: clinic is, probably right. been
0: remarkable.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a great tool, you know, and just being able to sit down and just kind of, um, you know, gather your thoughts, put a lot of things on paper that you probably would just, you know, normally would have just kind of helped had kind of bliss going around in your mind, uh, just putting pen to pad, uh, scratching out, you know, some things that you would like to do during the course of the season. I mean, and just studying your, your craft and, uh, you know, in terms of just watching those guys in our division, that's another thing that we've been able to do. Uh just like you just asked, is just sit down and just kind of break down those opponents that they played last year and just kind of look at some of the things that they tried to do against uh North Panola when they played them. You know, Senatobia is a good team out there. They lost to them last year. Um, you know, independence, those sorts of guys, Water Valley who just come off of, who just won a state championship a couple years ago. So, you know, it's a competitive division. Um, but just You know, the thing for us is we just got to go out, uh, continue to get better every day. They've they've had some success over those guys in the past, and uh, those are actually the three teams that they lost to in the division last year. So uh, they're going to have it out for us. So I hope our guys get motivated to continue to go out and try to do the things to beat those guys and hopefully win the district and put ourselves in a good position to kind of have a front seat as we kind of work out the way through the playoffs. No doubt about it. So coach,
0: um, uh, let's go back some on your career. Uh, you, I guess you started out at Canton high school. Uh, then you went to Belma Jackson high school. What do you remember maybe about, uh, coaching at, at those schools at that point in your
1: career, man? Uh, you know, Ken was my first job. I was there for three years and, uh, you know, it was really just a blur. Uh, I was fresh out of college. Um, didn't know half as much as I thought I knew now that I look back on it. And it was a great learning experience for me. Uh, You know, but I worked and and did the best that I could. And, um, you know, somebody noticed my work as what I was doing in Cannon. That's that's how I got my first opportunity to be an offensive coordinator at Velma Jackson. And, you know, Velma Jackson was a great place, a really, really small school uh, in the rural Madison County. Uh, obviously, you know, if, if you pay attention to football, you know, they've been very successful over the last few years with, with Coach Ewell down there. And uh, it's been a place that always has played quality football. And I really enjoyed my time there. Um, you know, Canada is like a big, big time rival. You know, it's kind of like the old Miss, Mississippi State, you know, they're about 10 or 12 minutes apart. And, you know, anytime they play in any kind of sport, man, it's basically going to be standing room only. And, you know, one thing I can remember is about all the grief that I got for leaving Canton and going to Velma. So it's basically me leaving, <laughs> you, yeah.
0: know, uh,
1: you know, my rival school and going to another rival school. So uh, that was one thing that I kind of took about it. Those people are really passionate about that whole, uh, you know, rivalry down there. It's a good, clean rivalry. Uh, it really brings out the best in both communities, and it's great for the community. And that's one of the things that I do remember about both of those places. Okay. And, Coach, they also have the same
0: colors, right? They do absolutely blue and gold. Yep, yep. So, coach, you get your first head coaching job at Hazelhurst High School. You were very, very successful there. Um, won a state championship, and I believe played for it all three seasons. What What do you remember, maybe um, about when you took over that
1: program the first year? Uh, you know, we it was it was funny because one of the things that I remember about when I first got the job there. Is that if you know anything about Hazelhurst, they've always been a traditional, you know, really good football program and year in and year out. And, and they won a state championship in 2005 and had been successful every year pretty much up until that point. And uh, one of their traditions, basically, over, over the so many years is that they were wing T offense. That's um, right. They, they, they ran that in 2005 when they won the state championship, they had success with it. And it's kind of one of those things, you know, people feel like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And so, you know, here I come. Uh, word gets around that, one, I'm a first-year head coach taking over a historically, traditionally rich program. And then all of a sudden I'm coming in with a spread offense. So you got a first-time head coach and then a guy that's coming in and going to change the entire offensive philosophy of things that they've been doing and been successful with. And, uh, you know, we, we had some hurdles. Uh, but, you know, the good thing about it is, man, you know, I kept my nose to the ground and I ignored the noise and we, we wound up going, I think we finished 13 and two and we lost in the state championship to Charleston. So, you know, it was, it was kind of good to be able to do those things because, you know, Hey, people kind of started to realize, okay, this guy can coach a little bit, obviously. So, because we made it all the way to the state championship. So it was kind of one of those deals where, you know, you kind of put all the, all the, the, the naysayers to kind of, kind of put all the naysayers at risk, so to speak. So, Uh, That was one of the things that I remember most about my first year at Hazelhurst. Okay. And, and coach you, uh,
0: so I guess my next question is, I was going to ask you about a system of play. I I know you've been a head coach at, uh, you know, uh, this is your third school. Do you have a system of play uh, that you would like to uh, install once you get to a school or or does it depend basically on your talent or, or maybe the coaches you have to install? that offense or defense?
1: Oh, uh, well, you know, my offensive philosophy is based out of the spread. Um, uh, you know, and, and you hear people say all the time that you, you need to adjust to the, the personnel that you've got. And I, I, I'm a firm believer in that, but at the same time, I still believe that regardless of what type of personnel that you've got, you can still, uh, kind of be married to your offensive philosophy, which is the spread. Now, um, you know, in, in one case, you may be more spread to run. And right. in, in another case, you may be more spread to pass. And, and you know, fortunately enough for me that, you know, all the places that I've been a head coach at is I've had, you know, kids that were able to do multiple things. So uh, we didn't have to really just focus in on being one particular way. We were able to kind of throw it a little bit and we were able to run it a little bit. Uh, so that's been a blessing for me. And I think at the same time, Uh, Going into North Panola, we're going to have a lot of the same type kids that I've always had, some kids that can do multiple things, uh, very athletic, uh, very skilled, can run, uh, can do some things when they get the football in their hands. So we don't really have to lean towards one way or the other. I think we'll be able to throw it a little bit, and I think we'll be able to run it a little bit. So that's been really good for me is, is the fact that, you know, in the places that I've been, I've never really just had to say, okay, we just got to scrap everything that we that we've always been doing. And we've got to do something else. We've got to go to the double wing, or we, you know, we've got to go to the pro set, or something like that. And we've never had, we've never really had to do that. We've always basically had the personnel um, that that we want to use to be successful in our spread, and that's what we look forward to doing in North Panola. No doubt about it.
0: Again, listeners, you're listening to In Your Own Words podcast, and today, uh, my guess is. North Panola High School head football coach and athletic director, Randall Montgomery. So, Coach, uh, you make it to your first state championship game uh, as a head coach of 2011. What do you remember maybe uh, about that game
1: or leading up to that game and watching film on your opponents? Man, you know, it's just, you. It was, it was so surreal because, you know, here I am and I can remember the day that we went to the press conference that week that we actually won the, uh, the South State game, you know, there's a press conference down in in Jackson that you go to, and I can just remember standing at the podium just thinking to myself, Man, there there are guys all over this state that have been head coaches that have been coaching, you know, 20, 25, 30 years. And, you know, here I am, a guy that's first year head coach, and now I'm playing for a state championship. So it was a really surreal feeling for me. Uh, but you know, as far as the game, man, I can just remember going out there and, and coming out, you know, out of the, um, out of the locker room and just realizing to myself, man, you know, we we're about to play for a state championship. Didn't go the way we wanted it to. Uh, we played a Charleston team that was really, really good. Uh, Coach Vance did a really good job at Charleston in, in all the years that he was there. And man, that day we came out there, they just hammered us. Um, and they had three guys that ran for a hundred yards. They had 300 yard rushes that particular game and, I think that day we probably could have played Charleston ten times, and they probably would have beat us all ten times. I mean, they were just they were just that good. But it was a humbling experience for us, and it really served as the motivation for us going into the next year, um, because our guys were hungry. You know, they, they we had a lot of kids coming back. We only lost four seniors off of that team, and you know, our whole off season conditioning, the spring, everything was geared around getting back to that moment because we were so close to it. And uh, fortunate enough for us. We got to play the same team that we played the previous year, and obviously we we were able to win that particular game. So it was it was kind of a good feeling to be able to make it back, but at the same time I also play the guys that you kind of hammered you the year before. So it was kind of that little revenge factor deal uh, that kind of made that so so rewarding. No doubt about it. And coach, oftentimes. The times those
0: games come down maybe to the last possession or, or the last few seconds and I believe maybe that one did too. What do you remember about the ending of that game?
1: Man, just a a really, really good football game. Um just two really really good football teams who had really played at a high level all year long. And um I can just remember obviously the play where you know we we were down there and we're about to try to take the lead and you know, we were working on this wildcat play, you know, pretty much all year where we had our best football player uh, in the wildcat position. And he had been a warrior for us all year long, man. the kid had, you know, he'd go out and have 15, 16 of a game. And then he'd come play running back and run for 150. Uh, so so just a dynamite football player. And we just wanted to put the ball in his hands, to, you know, to help us win the football game. And, you know, he takes the snap from center. And he's coming around the right side. And he just gets hit right on the ball. And the ball pops out. And, you know, one of their defensive linemen scooped that thing up, man, and he, instead of him falling on it, you know, obviously he tried to take off take off running with it. And, you know, one of our guys that we had our wide playing receiver just saw an opportunity. You know, he was just a really smart football player. And obviously he goes in and takes the football in from him and, you know, he runs it in for a touchdown. And uh, so obviously that that is the biggest play that, <laughs> you know, a lot of our fans and a lot of people that watch that game um, will kind of take from it. But for me, uh, I learned a lot in that particular game as a coach, and one of the things that stuck with me from that particular game is that sometimes you can overcoach it. And what people don't know is that the very following kickoff after we took the lead in that game, the following kickoff, right after we had scored that touchdown, we scored the touchdown, uh, we got the two-point conversion, and we're getting ready to kick the ball off. So going into the playoffs, I decided – that I was going to basically have a kickoff team with nothing but my defensive starters on it, you know, and, and I was going to have this, this second, second string kickoff team, so to speak, with nothing but defensive starters. Now we had used reserves on our, on our kickoff team pretty much all year long and they had done a great job. We hadn't given up a, a kickoff return for a touchdown all year long. So I decide during playoff times I'm gonna put just a kickoff team out there with nothing but dogs on it, so to speak. And so we we score, take the lead, get the two point conversion, and I come up with this bright idea. All right, I'm gonna put my second team out there, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my defensive guy, my defensive starters out there. Well, we kick the ball off and they run it all the way back for a touchdown. Wow. And so <laughs> that makes yeah. So, you know, just Scored 21 20, and we have to stop from getting a two point conversion. And that's why we wound up winning the game 21 20. But from that particular game, I learned man, listen, hey, go with, you know, dance with the one that brung you. You know, there I am trying to overcoach that thing. We had played good kickoff coverage all year long. And, you know, I come up with this ideal, and, and it almost cost, them, cost our team a, a state championship just because of that. And so that's one of the things that I took away from that game more so than that actual play is to. Just go dance with the one that brought you and don't overcoach you. No doubt
0: about it, Coach. Um, yeah, that's That, that was kind of a wild ending, and uh, that's that's an incredible story. Uh, I'm glad you shared it with us. So, Coach, you you play for another one there your last year at Hazelhurst, and ironically you're able uh, – you face a guy that you eventually end up working um, for. Did you know Coach Miller prior to uh, facing him in that last state championship game
1: you uh, coached at Hazelhurst? Mm-hmm. I didn't know coach Miller personally. I mean, obviously, you know, if you've been around football in this state, you obviously know uh, coach MC Miller, just, just based on what he's done, you know, as a head football coach in the state of Mississippi. So I didn't know him personally. Uh, we we kind of started to know each other a little bit after that game uh, because we would see each other at clinics and that sort of thing. And we, we'd kind of have some conversations. Uh, so our, our relationship kind of grew from that particular game um, that, that we played them in. So, no, you know, leading up to that game, I didn't know him. But after that game, our relationship did kind of start to grow. OK, so, Coach, you you, you decide to leave
0: Hazelhurst and you go to Columbus uh, High School in Columbus, Mississippi, a program that maybe hadn't had a lot of success. But um, I guess people would say they have, uh, you know, good athletes there and and you're trying to build that program. What do you remember? Um, about, you know, trying to instill your program and get that program to
1: the the level you you attained it to be? Uh, You know, I I leave Hazelhurst. Obviously, obviously I get that opportunity to go to Columbus. And, you know, for me, it was just one of those deals where, you know, as a coach, man, your competitive juices are always flowing and you're always looking for opportunity to, to compete. And, you know, I took the Columbus job because I just felt like, you know, it was an opportunity for me to go and try to see what I could do, obviously, at a higher level, you know, going from 3A to 6A, and I just wanted to go in and see if I could actually turn that program around. Uh, It was was a program that, you know, has been there 23, 24 years and hadn't had a whole lot of success. I think you're talking about probably six or seven winning seasons in the entire history of the program, and and I knew that it was, it was going to be a difficult task, you know, when I took the job. Uh, but you know, I wanted that opportunity. You know, I wanted that opportunity to go there to see if it was something that I could do to possibly get them to that next level and get them to a, a respect a level of respectability in the state of Mississippi where, uh we weren't invited to everybody's homecoming. You know, we had an opportunity to 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 be it in the end of the playoff race toward the end of the season, and I just wanted to go in there and see if I could actually do that. We were able to we were able to do that. Uh, you know, we did some things there that they'd never done in school history. Um, like you said earlier, you know, we hosted a playoff game there. You know, some, you know to some people, that's, you know, hosting a playoff, the first-round playoff game, that's not a big thing. But when you've only done it one time in school history and then you actually are able to do it, uh, that, that's a pretty big thing. You know, we made it to the playoffs, uh, you know, being back-to-back years, which was I think only the second time that that, that had ever happened. Uh, We sent a ton of of kids to school, uh, which is something I'm really proud of there. Uh, So we had a lot of success there. And, uh, you know, it didn't end end how I wanted it. But, you know, sometimes that's just the way it is. You know, everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer in that. And, uh, you know, I'm a better coach because of it. Absolutely, Coach. And, Coach, let me ask you this.
0: Um, You know, just for the listeners, the parents, the players, the other young coaches, whoever listening, uh, whoever will be listening to this, uh, you've you've been at programs like Hazel Hurst, uh Louisville State Championship type program, Startville State Championship type program. What what is something that's constant, uh, maybe from the, an administration side that that is present at all those schools that not only helps football but all
1: athletics. Uh, I, I think. The uh, most thing is, I mean, obviously, like you said, I mean, the administration has really got to be uh, behind you 100%. Uh, I think there just has to be total buy-in to the athletes or to the football program in order for you to be successful. I think, you know, there has to be a level of respect that says, you know, if I hire a football coach, I'm going to let him work. I'm going to let him do his job when he comes to me with the things that he needs, I got to understand that he's not coming to me with this just because it's just something that he wants, that it's actually something that he needs. Um, I even think that, you know, the teachers got to be totally about, bought in. You know, there, there has to be that support from those, those teachers in the building to understand that everybody has that one common goal that they're trying to reach. And I think all of that's important. Uh, I think obviously the community, community support is important. You know, those, those boys, you know, they go out and they work their tails off. So, they need to be rewarded on Friday nights. That when they come out of their locker room and get ready to kick the football off, they need to see a lot of people in the stands. And the same thing when they go on the road. So, I think it's just a it's a number of things that you see that's just consistent all the way across the board. You know, even you know when I was at Louisville, man. You know, when we go somewhere on Friday nights, when we go on the road, we we would, there were a lot of times we'd have more fans in the stands than the home team did, and that meant something to those guys. Uh, it, it, even at Hazelhurst, man, you know, every, every time we played at home, I mean, you, you can hardly get in there, uh, because, you know, the community will really rallied behind the football team. Uh, same thing at Stark, you know, that we, we go on the road and and, and the fans get behind the football program. Uh, the community is around the football program. you ride right around Stark. where you see, you start with yellow jacket stuff. Uh, the administration is rock solid. So those, those things all the way across the board, um, uh, uh, really really go hand in hand with the success of any any athletic program not just football no doubt about it and coach i know uh, winning maybe is a, a
0: big part of uh, building that type of support what what are some of the other things maybe uh an athletic director or coach can do to maybe uh garner some more support from the community and the faculty
1: uh you know just being open uh you know being being open to to just be able to, to talk with people and, and share your vision for your program. Uh, obviously, like you said, you know, winning is, everybody wants to be a part of a winner. Uh, so if, if, you're, if you're a winning man and you you want to go in and, and ask for some donations, you know, more people are going to want to give money to somebody who's winning than they are to somebody that's losing. And that's understandable. Uh, but as a head coach, I think you get more support by just being open about your vision. Uh, people need to see you out and about. People need to see you out in the community. They need to know you as a head coach. They need to know you as a person, and not necessarily just only as a head football coach. And I think that that leads to a lot more uh, support from the people in the community based on just the things that they see uh, see you doing or see you as outside of wearing the coaching hat. Okay, okay.
0: So, coach, uh, you've had uh, success as head coach, and and um, you had success as a coordinator. Um, what would you say is essential to maybe building a, a championship-level high school football
1: program? Uh, you, you just you, you got to have everybody on you know on, you got to have the right people on the bus. You know, if if you got the right people on the bus and and they're willing to go out and work every day and and they, and they're coachable and they take coaching and and they understand, you know what your vision is, what your expectations are every, every single day. Uh, I think you've got a starting recipe for being successful. Uh, everybody's got to be on the same page. Uh, everybody's got to understand, you know, your goals, your visions for the entire program, your mission, of the things that you're trying to do with, within the program. Um, and at the end of the day, the, the, you got to be able to build those relationships with those kids because you hear it all the time. I mean, it's, it's with so many different things. Those, those kids don't care how much football you know. It, the only thing they want to know is if you actually care about them. And if you actually care about them, they'll run through a brick wall for you. And if you, if you don't have that ability to build those relationships with those guys, it doesn't matter how good they are at football, they're not going to play for you. And if you can get those guys to really just play at a high level for you, you build that relationship with them and get them to play at a high level for you, um, I think you're headed in the right direction as far as, you know, building the championship program. Okay. Again, listeners,
0: you're listening to In Your Own Words podcast. I'm Chris Thickpin, and today my guest is the head football coach and athletic director at North Panola High School, Coach Randall Montgomery. So, Coach, um, you're also the president of the Mississippi Association of Coaches. Uh, could you maybe talk about your role uh, and, and what are some of the things uh, – you do in that capacity
1: uh you know it's it, it's definitely definitely an honor uh you know it's something that you know I've kind of had in my sights for a long time and it's something that I really a goal a goal a personal goal of mine that I wanted to accomplish and you know I got voted in last summer at the coaches clinic and uh you know for me it's just been a really you know eye-opening experience because I've always been a part of the Mississippi Association of Coaches as just as a coach uh, back in about 2011, I think I got elected to the board of directors and kind of moved up to the executive committee and then vice president and then president. But um, it's just been it's been a blessing to just be able to be on the on the inside and kind of see how those things are run. Um, things like, you know, planning for all-star games, um, all the all-star games, not just football, you know, basketball, baseball, uh, softball, all of those different sports. Uh, just being able to work hand in hand with with Johnny Mims, the executive director. Uh, just having his thought, he, him just being able to just call you whenever he wants, and just to ask your ideas on, uh, you know, ask for your opinion on some things that he may be considering doing in terms of, you know, clinics or all star games or, you know, whatever that may be. Um, you know, we've we've been in a whole lot of contact over the last couple of weeks, just talking about, you know, our plans for you know, different all-star games that we're playing for this summer, uh, the big coaching clinic that we have during the during the summer, you know, talking about, you know, some options for that if we can't have it. So it's just been one of those things where it's just been a, been a blessing to be able to kind of work close with him and just kind of see the inner works of how the Mississippi Associated with Coaches works. And, uh, you know, my term comes to an end this summer because we only served for one year, but it's, it's really been a fun experience, uh, and I'm glad that I was able to do it. No doubt about it, coach.
0: And coach, maybe for the the parents or the players that may listen to this, what could you maybe tell them about uh, the players, whether it's football or any other sport who get selected to play in all star games? Because a lot of times I think I've I've heard parents and and players themselves say, well, my coach didn't vote for me in the all star game or my child should be selected in all star game. Could you kind of talk about that song?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of, one of the things with it, just like so many, so many different things, man, it, it, it's always good to educate yourself. And um, sometimes I don't think that happens. I think a lot of people just re- think that these things are just, they don't necessarily have a process to how they're done. Uh, but but there is actual a process as to how, you know, all, all-star all teams are selected. Uh, you know, one of the main things is that your head coach needs to be a member of the Mississippi Association of Coaches. Uh, if, if he's not a member of that Particular organization, he can't nominate players. Uh, The coach actually has to go online and fill out the form to nominate those players. You know, sometimes a coach may not feel like a kid, you know, deserves to be nominated, and you know that kid doesn't get picked, and then you know uh, there's an issue with it, and the the kid wasn't even nominated by the coach. Um, So there's there's so much that goes into it. Uh, You got to have certain amount of players. You can't have a certain amount of players from a certain amount of schools. You got to have a player that represents every every district. Uh, so there's a lot, lot that goes into picking those players for the all-star games. And then you got to look at the – there's a lot of great football players. And just using the all-star game, the Miss Al game, you know, there, there's a lot of good football players in the state of Mississippi. There's no way that you can pick them all. Uh, at the end of the day, you can only pick the amount that's selected. I believe it's 40. And there, you know personally that there's there's more than – way more than 40 – 40 football players in the state of Mississippi that deserve to play on the Mississippi, Alabama all-star all-star team. Uh, So there's just some checks and balances that have to take place. Uh, There's a, you know, some rules that you got to go by, you know, that are aligned with the rules that Alabama uses as well. Uh, So there's a lot that goes into it. It's just not, it's just not a group of coaches that get together and decide that they just want to pick these particular football players. There's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, maybe we need to do a better job as an association as to putting those those rules out there. So people can understand that it's just not a bunch of, a bunch of coaches that just kind of get in the office and just say, we're going to pick these 40 players and then we're going to go home. Absolutely. And coach, that's for not just the miss Al all-star game, but also maybe the Bernard Blackwell as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's that way for pretty much every all-star, all-star sport that's picked. Okay. So coach, let's segue. Um, you, you know you've you've been
0: maybe around the state you've you worked in central Mississippi uh maybe South Mississippi North Mississippi and now you're in uh the northern part of the state and in Sardis Mississippi uh for you uh how has it been uh for you when you've left programs uh going to another program
1: oh uh, man you know just it i have always just kind of felt that you know leaving one program and going to the another uh, to another one is just you know there's a reason behind it. like I said earlier you know everything happens for a reason uh, you know I was I was at Hazelhurst and you know I feel like I kind of wanted to advance my career so I went to Columbus and then you know I kind of fell into the situation that I fell in with at Louisville and, and was able to win another state championship and uh, got to go work with Coach Jones, which is, which is, a, which is a really good friend of mine, at a, a, a tradition-rich program like Stark, uh, who's won, you know, multiple state championships. And now here I am again uh, going back to be a head coach. So, you know, having the two years off, you know, and, and serving as an assistant again was really good for me. It, it gave me an opportunity to just kind of, kind of breathe, um, kind of practice on some things that I hadn't had the opportunity to kind of practice on, uh, become a better coach, i become a better father. You know, I got to spend more time at home with my family, you know, just being an assistant coach again for a couple of years. And, you know, just leaving one program going to the next, man, there's always that one or two things that, that you will always remember about, about each individual program that you left. And then there's always a couple of things that you can take from one program uh, that makes you a better coach that can help make, make a better program for you at your next stop no doubt about
0: it coach but and, and coach i've i've had maybe uh similar moves in, in ten seasons um but is it is it hard maybe on your family when you you have to pick up and move maybe after one year or two years
1: uh it is it, it is so to speak you know um but you know at the end of the day you know your family has to understand you know any family that's married into a uh, a football coach or any coach's uh, life is that they have to understand that, you know, sometimes you're going to get fired. Sometimes you're going to get hired. And, and at the end of the day, you just got to be ready to pick up and move at any given time. Um, that's just the life of a coach, you know, and, and it, it's good to have people, you know, in your support system that understand that. And, you know, when you have those good support systems, uh, it always makes it easier when it comes time to move. No doubt about it, coach. So
0: coach, you mentioned some of the other coaches, um, maybe you had a chance to either face or work with, um, who would you say, uh, maybe if you want to talk a little bit more about some influential coaches or people you've had in your life that help
1: you, uh, in your profession now. Oh man. there's So many guys out there that I, that I, I could reach out to at any given time, man, for advice. Um, I don't really want to just get into a whole bunch of name-calling because I know I'll leave some guys out. But, you know, there's just – I mean, you know, Ryan Ernest is a really good friend of mine. You know, we we talk all the time. Uh, we rap about football, man. We rap about life. He's gone through some things that I've gone through and I've gone through some things that he's gone through. So, you know, we're able to talk about those and encourage each other about, you know, different things that we've gone through. Uh, Tony Vance is a good friend of mine. I, You know, I started developing a relationship with Tony – you know, when we started playing each other in the state championship in 2011, uh, you know, we always talk about different things uh, in terms of football and even off off the football field. Uh, you know, working for a guy like MC Miller, you know, who was obviously in the Hall of Fame, uh, you learn things from those guys. You know, you know, MC was an old school coach. Uh, you saw old school ways, and you wondered, you know, how did you know how did you guys get away with some of the things that y'all got away with back in those days, but. <laughs> uh you know mc is a guy that you know he loves football obviously you know you you don't coach it for that long if you don't love it um you know chris jones you know worked with him this year uh also a good friend of mine you know we really grew together a lot you know as, as friends we knew each other prior to me going there to work but you know we really grew together as you know even even stronger friends and you know i appreciate him giving me the opportunity to come up and join his staff so there's just so many guys out there that I just kind of look look to as, uh, you know, friends, you know, in this game and just mentors and guys that I can reach out to at any given time uh, to just talk ball or to just even just talk about life. And, you know, like I said before, man, I just I hate to just get in the name calling because I know I forgot some guys that I, that, I, that I really do consider, you know, brothers in this game. Uh, but there's just too many guys that really just sit here and just name and just all at one time. That have had an influence on my career, and that I can kind of reach out to, and I, that I consider good friends of the game and, and mentors. Okay, no doubt, Coach. So, Coach,
0: uh, I know you've coached in the All Star Game, um, and you had a chance to coach uh, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Um, yeah. What What do you remember, maybe, about coaching those guys?
1: Oh uh, man, you know you you know we get down. You know, we get ready to have our first practice. And, you know, that that year that I coached in the All-Star game, I think it was I don't know, it was like sixteen, year 2016 or 17, somewhere in there. I can't remember the exact year, but we were so good on that particular team that year, uh just all the way just across the board. Um we knew that all we had to do is really just get those guys a Saturday and we were going to go out and win that football game because we just knew we had so much talent on that football team. There are so many guys just off of that football team that are that are playing and having an impact in the NFL. And, you know, another guy or so just got drafted this year, and, you know, just having – I was able to coach the wide receivers. So, you know, first out meeting that we, that we have, you know, it's pretty easy to pick the receivers for that particular year because, I mean, you knew those guys were going to be there. And uh, so we get out to practice the first day and we break off into groups and I get those guys over there and we had kind of talked about some of the things that we were going to do. And so we get over there and we get ready to start going through our little individual workout and doing our drills. And uh, I think it took about every bit of three or four minutes to realize that those two guys were going to go play in the NFL. I mean, they just—you know, I mean, they, just, they just had that kind of talent. You know, A.J. was just a guy that just had just phenomenal hands, uh i mean he just made catching the ball with one hand just look just as easy as catching it with two uh he was just a big physical guy just like dk was and dk was so smooth just to be so tall uh and can run like a deer man so it it didn't take long at all to know that you know these guys going to the nfl and and they are in the nfl and obviously you've you've seen what they're doing and playing at a high level and going to continue to play at a high level for years to come no doubt about it um and, Coach, uh, those
0: are Mississippi kids, a lot of people maybe don't give Mississippi uh, the credit when it comes to high school football, whether it's coaching or talent. But uh, would you say we have some very, very
1: talented kids in our state? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. And there's a reason why the football is so good here is because we've got good coaches and we've got, uh, you know, we've just got good blue-collar kids who just – you know they just go out and work. You know, you, you know obviously we don't get the respect that we that we deserve here in the state when it comes to football. Uh, but our kids just year in and year out, man, just go play at a high. They play good, good, good high school football. Uh, they go play at a high level in college, and then they get drafted and they go do so well in the NFL. So um, they just blue collar, man. They just go to work. You know they don't get that notoriety that they deserve, but they just go out and work. No doubt about it, Coach. So, Coach, um,
0: and let me ask you this: outside of maybe those two guys, at, at all the stops you've been at, um, who was maybe one player that stood out on a team you coached that that every Friday, man, they they were just that guy on Friday. The the moment wasn't too big for him when a play needs to be made. They were that guy, whether they were offensive player or defensive
1: player. Can do any players come to mind? Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've got uh, two players that come to mind, two best football players that I've ever coached. And, you know, one of them um, played for me at Hazelhurst, uh, Demetrius Kane, who, um, you know, left Hazelhurst and went, uh, won a couple of national championships at, at East Mississippi. And then he went on to play at Troy and finished his career at Troy. Uh, just the absolute gamer um, guy played middle linebacker force, forth And, like I said earlier, go out 15, 16 tackles and he'll come on the offensive side and we'll stick in his stomach 25 times and he'll run for 151, a game. So he was just a, uh, just an absolute machine when it came to the game of football, such a smart football player. Um, nothing made him uncomfortable and just just a great leader uh, was not necessarily a, a talker, uh, but he just kind of made plays and everybody just kind of followed along. Uh, And then the second guy is probably the best football player that I've ever coached. And that's, that's Kylan Hill. Uh, Obviously a kid that I I got uh, coming out of his ninth grade year at Columbus. Um, It took probably every bit of five or 10 minutes for me to kind of see him run and move around and say, Hey, this, this kid has a really shot, a really big time shot at being a really big time football player. And uh, obviously you see what he's doing at Mississippi state and, you know, hopefully, The Lord takes care of him this year and he'll have opportunity to go, you know, play, play pro football for as long as he wants. But uh, he's an absolute special talent. Uh, The bigger the lights, man, well, the brighter the lights, man, the bigger he played. And, uh, you know, it was just really nothing on the football field that he couldn't do. Obviously, he just played running back for us, but he could have probably went over on the defensive side of the ball and been probably our best defensive player on on, on the defensive side of the ball. But just a phenomenal athlete and uh, I look forward to seeing him run around a little bit more at Mississippi State next year. Absolutely.
0: So, Coach, uh, what advice maybe would you give uh, young coaches? You've coached in an all-star game. You've been an assistant coach. You're the president of the Mississippi Association of Coaches. Uh, you've, you've been at different programs. Uh, what's your message maybe to young coaches coming into the profession?
1: Uh Man, just understand that the everyday is a you know, it's just an interview. Uh, you know, and be where your feet be where your feet are. Uh, you know, all too many times, you know, guys just always just thinking about what their next stop is. And, you know, if if you'll never have to look for a job if you do a good job at the job that you're at now. Um, I think, you know, sometimes I was that way when I first started coaching. You know, I just felt like I knew, like I said earlier, I felt like I knew a lot more than what I really did. And I look back uh, to my first three or four years. And I realized, man, there was a lot of things that I could have done differently. Uh, but I necessarily, didn't necessarily have that particular mentor that I could look to for guidance when I, when I first started coaching, cause I didn't really know anybody and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, I think the main thing is just doing the best job that you can where you are. And, and if you do that, people will notice, um, you don't have to get caught up in trying to look for that next job and, constantly applying for a job here or there if you just do the best work that you can at the place that you are now uh people will notice and people will ask you to come join that staff so you will eventually you know kind of advance your career that in that kind of way uh and then secondly just reach out to some guys try to you know connect with guys who've been doing it for a long time and build that bond with those guys and when you feel like you need some advice have that one person or two you know t- that second person that you can call and say, hey, look, I'm having a problem with something. Can you help me? Or I need some advice on something. Just have that guy in your in your corner that you can just call that can kind of be that mentor to you and kind of help you make those right decisions. I think those are two main things, more so than anything, that the, the advice that I would give is, like I said, just be where your feet are and uh, just find you a mentor, somebody that you can trust, somebody that you can rely on, uh, somebody that can kind of be your backbone to kind of give you that advice when you need it. Uh, sometimes it may just be an encouraging word. Uh, you know, this, this is a tough game. Uh, you know, sometimes you have those moments, man, where you, you don't really want to hear anything from anybody. And, and that one particular guy that you made your mentor could be that one guy that you could call to just kind of give you an encouraging word that kind of, you know, kind of gives you that strength that you kind of lost back. Absolutely, Coach. And, and Coach, um, and lastly, what,
0: what message maybe would you have for the people that make up uh, the North Panola uh, School District and North Panola High School?
1: Uh, you know, that it's, you know, those people love football. And that's one of the things that kind of drew me to that place is that I know that that's a community that loves football. Uh, They love a winner. Uh, and then that's the type of pressure that I want. You know, I want to be on the sideline where the expectation is uh, we want to win. Um, that, That's what I want to coach under. I like that. I like that. Uh, like I said, that pressure of, of going out on Friday nights and knowing that people want you to win and they're there to support you. And they want to see a winner. Um, You know, as far as the football team, they're going to see a a prepared football team. Uh, They're going to see a team that goes out and plays hard every night. Uh, We're going to be fundamentally sound, and we're going to give ourselves a chance to win in the end, and that's really all you can ask for. Absolutely.
0: Well, Coach – it's, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Um, I, I knew you would be dynamic. Uh, you had an incredible uh, story as far as your head coaching record and the stops you've been at and the coaches you've been able to coach with. I coached with uh, Coach Ryan Ernest on two separate occasions, and he mm-hmm. always thought very highly of you. And, and so uh, I knew you were a guy who would want to get on the podcast and maybe tell your story uh, to, to just archive it. So I appreciate you being flexible with me and, and joining me today.
1: Man, like I said, you know, when you reached out to me and asked me to be on, man, I was I was, I was was truly uh, – I was really humbled about it, man. And I appreciate you having me and giving me the opportunity to just kind of come on and talk. Uh, this is something I've never actually done before. You know, I've been on the radio a couple of times, but this is – you know, I've never been able to just kind of speak for this long and this in-depth, and I just – you know, I really appreciate the opportunity that you've given me. No
0: doubt about it. Coach, good luck. Uh next uh this coming season. I, I know like most coaches, you're um anticipating, you know, getting back to work. And um, I hope you and your family and your kids and your staff stay safe and uh have a, a great season this fall. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. No doubt. Again, listeners, you've been listening to In Your Own Words Podcast. I'm Chris Stipkin, and today my guest. It's North Panola High School head football coach and athletic director, Coach Randall Montgomery. From all of us to all of you, good day and God bless. Thanks. You've been listening to In Your Own Words Podcast. I'm Chris Thickpen. You can now listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and many more. From all of us to all of you, Good day and God bless.